Stay, stay standing with me just a minute. You don't mind standing. I have to, I have to stand until I learned how to sit. Now, Trey made a statement there, and I want to get it, and I, I feel like I need to. I just feel impressed to say this. He said we'd be fat and flourishing. He didn't say nothing about being overweight. <laughs> now, listen very carefully. That's important. Overweight means you took in more than you gave off. A lot of Christians for years have come to learn about prosperity body of Christ and they left overweight it's been unhealthy for them are you listening fat is the opposite of weakness when the Bible refers to it it's not meaning overweight there was a there was a high priest a, a priest Eli Eli and his sons didn't do what God called them to do and they, they got fat, particularly Eli. He got, became an old man. He got fat. And he wouldn't discipline his, his sons who were uh, using their office corruptly. And Samuel comes along as a young boy. He's going to replace them. And he begins to prophesy what God had told him. And uh, Eli, instead of repenting, you know what repent means, right? Instead of changing, he just stayed with his little fat self. You know what happened to him? He fell off backwards off of a bench and broke his neck, died. You know why? Because he was overweight. Don't become overweight. Now, we're talking, know, I know many of you thinking, I'm looking at you and he's judging me and... I ain't talking about your physical body. I'm talking about your gift, your calling. I'm talking about your whole life. God wants to bless your life, but he doesn't want it to be overweight. Do you follow what I'm saying? He doesn't want you to be weak and frail. He wants you to be fat and flourishing. Where you can move when he says move. And do what he says do and do it when he says do it. So don't so I got to get the blessing first. No. Get your blessing and then do what God says do when he says do it. Woo! Shout me down. Hallelujah. Give your neighbor a high five. Say, that was just for you. Glory to God. Amen. I'm, I'm glad that. We can have fun. Wow. That wasn't fun, Pastor Ronnie. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, God has a way of nailing our hides to the wall and making us laugh at everybody else about it. Are you following me? I want to make this announcement, and then we're going to get into, because uh, I, I got, let's just make the announcement. Next Sunday. We're going to have a guest speaker. One of the most profound anointings in our generation. I am not going to tell you who it is. You're going to have to come to find out. Okay? I want you to be here. You cannot miss next Sunday. 
because it is very important for what's happening now. Many people take it for granted, but you need to be here. All right? And uh, I'm gonna, that's all I'm going to say. Don't miss next Sunday. Special ministry going to be here. Now, what is going on in our world right now is a renovation. Zona and I went through a renovation process a few years back. I mean a major one. I'm not talking about fixing a faucet underneath a sink. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a major renovation. When, and we had to move out of our house. We were out of our house for 10 months. During that process, we had to uncover things that we assumed. Are you listening? And we assume because, you know, facial things, in other words, surface stuff, we make them look good when they're not good. That went real big. And you have to, when you're doing a major renovation, you're going to make major changes. You've got to look at the structure. Structures are not seen. But if it's not for the structure then I don't care how much paint and pretty stuff you look that you put on it. Sooner or later, it's going to crumble. And it will probably be sooner and be in the most inconvenient time when it happens. And it could be very dangerous. Are you following me? Our... Nation, our society, our country, if you would, our generation is going through a renovation. Things are being seen that were unseen for decades. A lot of things even in our own personal life, if we would view it, because this major renovation that's taking a place in our generation is going to hit individuals and families it affects you and many people put that off and they think well it doesn't really matter you know God's not interested yes he's interested if you study the Bible you have been a, a if you've been a student of the Bible at all you're going to find out what uh, what God does with the nations affects the individual now it does not keep the individual from believing God but it can sway them So understand that we're going through a renovation. Renovation is not, listen carefully, a comfortable process. There have been people, married couples, that went through major renovations. When the renovation was over, they got a divorce. Are you following me? Because they couldn't handle the stress and their relationship really wasn't that good. And when, when, when uh, she wanted to do it one way, he wanted to do it another way. And they were too stubborn to get it done the right way. You, you know what I'm talking about? You all understand what I mean? And so they get into this struggle. And they don't count the cost. And then the contractor discovers something in the structural it's going to cost them more. 
And they're not willing to give up their superfluous stuff, you know, the seen stuff, to fix the structure. Are y'all understanding? And so they get in this big argument, causes big strife, and they get in a knockdown drag out, and they're more interested in having the superficial stuff their way instead of the structure. And as a result of that, they are dogmatic about being stupid. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're not that way in this church. And I'm going to talk to you pretty straight. And, and by the way, I just want to help you understand. If you're going to a church, if you're viewing by live stream or, or you're visiting here today, we welcome you. We want to tell you thank you for being here. And we believe if you're searching, that your search is over once you meet Jesus. And if, if, we've gone, if we've been going to churches, and I'm not against a lot of other churches, there's a lot of good churches in our generation, but there's a lot of bad churches. And if you've been going to a church that doesn't challenge you, if the preacher doesn't challenge you and just pet your flesh and makes you feel comfortable about being miserable, you're in the wrong church. Amen. You're supposed to be challenged. Yes. And so I'm here to challenge you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here and I'm not here by myself. Okay. You see, we've got, to, we've got to understand we're going through a renovation. It was a dirty, ugly process. I mean, they, I'll bring you some pictures sometime. Just look at what we went through. You know, our lives got to go through that sometimes. Our society's got to go through that. You know, there's a lot of things that were done politically that looked pretty, but was based on a lie. There were a lot of things done in our society, educational-wise, uh, economic-wise. Uh, but now what you're doing is God is ripping out the sheetrock and letting you see the bare walls. You, ought, you need to use this opportunity about your own life and your own family. Okay? Now, how many of you know what this is? Don't say that's a Coke. Coke is too woke for me. I thought I'd just throw that out there. you get it tomorrow afternoon if you do a little studying. How many of you know what that is? It's a Pepsi, right? Now, you're assuming that it's a Pepsi. Because of the can. How many of you ever went and found that there were Pepsis that looked like Pepsi and was nothing but an empty can? It was empty. And, you know, we just assumed that it was a Pepsi. And then sometimes we bought a Pepsi, assuming the content. Woo, man. Getting thick already. I ain't even read the scriptures yet. You see... You were saying this is a Pepsi because of the advertisement of the can. 
Now, needless to say, you're not going to get a Pepsi without the can that shows it's a Pepsi. But you could be fooled by the can. But when you open this up and you drink the content, you'll know whether it's a Pepsi or a Coke. Right? Because you know what it tastes like. Now, don't mistake the can for the content. What makes the can valuable is the content. You don't buy it for the can, do you? I mean... We're going to take this, can, we'll take this Pepsi, we'll buy it, we'll take the content out, and then guess what we're going to do? You disregard the can. In fact, if you're smart, and some of you need to get, get this because you're going to be going back to it because the price of aluminum is going to go up, you'll recycle it. And you'll take a lot of cans to make a pound of aluminum. Right? But it's recyclable. You know what they're going to do to the can? They're going to melt it down, reform it, and make another container. Now, here's what I want you to get by this illustration. I want you to get the understanding that the true Pepsi is not the can. The can is the container of the true substance. Okay? Our lives on earth, your, we could say it this way, your earth suit, the house that you live in, is the container. It is not the real substance. The real substance is not seen. You follow that? So uh, we, we left off a little bit like that last week when we talked about where Paul said in Corinthians, know no man after the flesh but after the spirit. In other words, you really know the man, the person. You understand the person. For all of you that are politically correct. You know the person by the content, not the container. There have been many containers that have fooled people with the substance. One of the, one of the greatest things I think that Dr. Martin Luther King ever said is he had a dream about knowing people by the content yes. of the character. Yes. Okay? And that's why God is ripping off the sheetrock of our society. Amen. So you can see what's behind the drywall. Okay? What is going on is this. And, and I, my subject matter is not going to be on that. I'm going to show you something here today by the Spirit of God. And if we'll listen, it's the, it, 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 it will help you to just discern. 
One of the greatest things that I've taught for years is the lack of discernment in the body of Christ. Discernment is necessary and it's based off of wisdom. Discernment is the ability to distinguish. And if you have no wisdom, your discernment is incorrect. And there's two kinds of wisdom that are operating in the world today. There's only been two all along. And the wisdom of the world right now in our generation is pushing anti-God. Anti-Christianity and anti-Jew. And you either are on the side of God or you're going to be against God. You cannot be both. You, there's no such thing anymore as a, let me put it this way. We call them moderates when we talk about political systems. There's a moderate, no matter, you know, he's moderately a liberal. He's moderately conservative. Those days are gone. There's no such thing as a moderate anymore. You either are or you ain't. You're either right or you're left. You're either Christian or, you're a not, or you are a heathen. I'll put it like that. And, and God has done that for a reason because we've hid the structure behind the sheetrock. And now the sheetrock's coming off. And you get to see the ugly and you get to see the sound. What is uh, ancient boundaries and what was set up as a boundary that really was not a boundary? Are you following me? And the Bible tells us not to, not to remove those ancient boundaries, those structures. Those structures are what God institutions are based upon. Let me see if I can say it another way. The marriage between a husband and a wife was instituted by God, not the U.S. Supreme Court. And when the U.S. Supreme Court, along with a political system, defies God's institutions and say what it is and it is not, and they say that that's the law, there is a higher law, and it's the law of God. Wisdom, the God kind of wisdom, listen very carefully, the God kind of wisdom, two kinds of wisdom, remember? The God kind of wisdom is founded upon one single thing. And the book of Proverbs is very plain, makes this statement. The wisdom of God is based upon the fear of God. You remove the fear of God, there is no wisdom of God. Now, when I say the fear of God, everybody understand that we're not, there's, when the Bible talks about fear, particularly in the book of, uh, uh, in the King James Version, you're going to find out there's two kinds of fear. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. That means intimidation. The devil tries to intimidate you into disobeying God. Okay? God didn't give us that kind of spear, uh, fear. He gave us a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. 
But the fear of God mentioned in the book of Proverbs has to do with reverential respect, awe. Okay? Awe is the best way I know how to put it. You know, my dad, I had the privilege of being raised by a loving father. Not everybody's had that privilege. But I, I thank God that I have. And because I have, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you, uh, and, and it, it, the reason why he's as good as dad as he, as he was, well, I should say he is because he's still around. He's just in heaven where I can't see him. Okay. Uh, is because he had this respect for God. And was born out of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when there is no fear of God, there's no wisdom. And then another kind of wisdom takes over. Now, wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. Okay? It's the ability to use knowledge. And if you don't have the wisdom of God, you're not going to use information correctly. You'll misuse it. You'll twist it. You'll corrupt it. The, the Bible refers, and we're going to go there in James and just admit that there's two kinds of wisdom. There's the wisdom of the world system, and then there's the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God is based upon the fear of God. If there's no reverential respect for God, then guess what? That foundation absolutely wipes out. If it's gone, there's no structure to hang the sheetrock on. Are you following me? You got, a, you got a can, but you have no substance. So the fear of God is being returned, number one, back to the church. It has to be a fear of God back into the church. That way, what I mean by the fear of God back in church, where there's a holy, reverential respect. Now, listen very carefully. I'm going to make, make a couple of statements here. Again, I'm going to challenge you. I'm not, this is by the Holy Spirit. You need to be praying for the gift of pastoring and teaching. Because I can get up here and not challenge you. And then we use the pulpit more like a buddy system. And there'll be no fear of God. And, and we'll go out and we'll live our lives with a worldly wisdom, which will be our downfall. And there's where the church's problem has been. There's a major problem. And we're going through this renovation so we can discover it. You follow? God is returning back the fear of God. And it's coming. You better get ready for it. It's coming. Amen. Listen, let me, let me show you what the fear of God is. This is the New Testament. In the New Testament, in the book of Acts... There were two people, husband and a wife. One was named Ananias and the other one was Sapphira. And people were caught up with all the excitement of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and they, 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 were, they, they were doing things and they were selling their property and then they were taking the whole, the whole sale of the property. In other words, they, you had a piece of property and sold it for $100,000 is coming and because of their reverence for God was laying it at the apostles' feet. Nobody made them to do it. Nobody cracked a whip over the top of their head. They were doing this out of, the, out of reverence for God. 
And it, God wasn't making anybody do anything. And so Ananias and Sapphira got caught up in one of those revivals. And they had sold a piece of property. And they, Ananias came and he brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And Peter stood up and said, what has deceived you? And I'm paraphrasing. What has deceived you to try to mock the fear of God? And he said, what are you talking about? He said, how much money did you sell this property for? And he said, well, I laid it at your feet. You lying dog, you. This is what he said. He said, you didn't lie to me, Peter said. You lied to the Holy Ghost. And because you have, there's six men going to carry you out of here. And he fell dead like that. Now, his wife wasn't at the meeting. She came late, probably primping before she got there. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. Pastor Zona's not here to... <laughs> no, Pastor Zona... Listen, I love the way you ladies here at this church. You look great. But anyway, she showed up late. And Peter calls her out, says... How much did you sell that property for? Well, we sold it for such and such. And he said, you did just like your husband. You're basing it on a lie. And because, because you've done that, the same six men's going to carry you out. She falls dead. Now, here's the point. It's not that God wanted all the money. For the sale of the property. That wasn't it. What he's wanting people to deal with. What he was wanting that couple to take an opportunity to get right. Was reverence for him. To be truthful. They could have just said we sold it for this. And we're coming and we're giving this amount to the body of Christ. That's all they had to do. But what they wanted to play this game of pretense. And because they played the game of pretense, they were a can with no substance. You follow what I'm saying here? They were, the termites had eaten the structure behind the sheetrock. And God says, I'm going to rip off the sheetrock so I can show you the, the structure is not sound. And he's done it, in, he's doing it in the body of Christ, but he's not only doing it in the body of Christ, he's doing it with our society because this nation, the structure of this nation was based upon Christianity. It was founded upon that. And there is so much worldly wisdom and fleshly stuff that have been done for decades upon decades. And God says, I'm taking over in the last days. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to take over. 
And I am going to, that's what judgment's all about. Judgment is not trying to eliminate anybody. It's making the seeds of deception be revealed and the seeds of truth to come to manifestation as well. We're living in those times. And, 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 and the Bible tells us that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What does that mean? They're going to be eating and drinking. You're going to think everything is fine. Everything's nice. And God says, it ain't nice. It, it ain't nice. Now, reason why, I'm just trying to help you to see where we're at. It's a distinction. It's a separation. It's not, this is not condemnation. It's helping us to see. When they started ripping the sheet rocks out and started showing me structure, and you want to do this and you want to do that, I got news for you. A beam's got to go here. This one's got to come out. You're going to have to do all that. And I didn't want to do none of it because it cost money. I could have bought a new house. For the renovations we put into that thing. Okay. It cost. But you know what? I look at it today. Woo. Yes. Hallelujah. I'm glad I lived there. You know. In fact, Zona and I thought because the price of, uh, you know, I thought more than she did. I thought now that the price of real estate's way up, I thought, oh, man, we're going to sell this place, and we can go and, you know, somewhere else, and I can build the house that I want to build. And then I started finding out the cost. And I started saying, you know what? We're starting to get this house to look the way I want it to. <laughs> you follow me? I had to make a discerning uh, choice, and I did, thank God point of what I'm saying is that's where we're at and it's based upon there's two kinds of wisdom now let me let me show you something right here because this is very important for the body of Christ there's a lot of things that look spiritual that are not many times through the years, I've seen people think certain things were spiritual because they did not have a clear understanding of what spirituality was. Spirituality is a way to live. It's living after the spirit. But many people in the body of Christ have gotten off in goofy land. Y'all know where Goofy Land is? It's out here without any wisdom. Remember, wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. And that wisdom is based upon reverential respect for God. In order to really be biblically spiritual... To be biblically spiritual, you have to understand this. The flesh, the flesh drives you. That's fallen human nature's wisdom. It drives you. The Spirit of God leads you. 
Everybody say lead. Big difference. We're called the sheep of his pastures, not the cattle of, uh, not the cattle of, uh, of, his, of his herd. You know what I mean? Sheep have to be led. They cannot be driven. So to be, you have to be spirit-led. Now, what does that mean to be spirit-led? That means you're led by the Holy Spirit. Now, listen very carefully right here. In order to be spirit-led, you have to be word-fed. So we can put it like this. You have to be word-fed to be spirit-led. John, and I think it's 1 John, says the spirit and the word agree. They do what? They agree. We live in a society and in a generation where we have information overload. We're bombarded with information. Many times, if we see it on social media, it has to be true. In fact, there are some, quote, Christians, if it's shown on social media, they even believe that over the Bible. And what we're not discerning is that everything on social media can be altered. In fact, this generation has been set up by the previous generation. And here's what I mean. The previous generation discovered TV. Y'all know what TV, right? How many of you got a TV? If you don't raise your hand, you're lying like a dog. I know you do. In fact, I got more than one in my house. If I don't like what's on that one, I go to the next one. <laughs> anyway. And what we didn't understand, even in the body of Christ, listen carefully, even in the body of Christ, if we saw it on TV, then that's the way it really was. Because we've now been driven to a sight. We're sight driven. Do you follow me? And what we're not understanding is all of the editing that took place to make what we're seeing appear as having substance. And thereby confusing our discernment. You see, what God says... You, 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 do you have any idea why? When God says something, he means what he says. In other words, God won't say anything that doesn't have substance to it. It has a force behind it. Now listen very carefully. Because of what I'm saying to you is, when it comes to dealing with the devil in our generation, and we are dealing with demons, you better have something more than just a little shout. You better have the substance to back it up. If you don't have the substance to back it up, then I'm going to tell you what's going to happen because I heard a preacher say this. I'm going to borrow it from him years ago. He said, he said the devil will eat your lunch and then pop your sack. <laughs> Many Christians have the false impression that you're, you, you, you're bigger and better than the devil. 
only if you operate in the wisdom of God. And that wisdom is based upon the fear of God or the reverence of God. So in other words, if God said it in his word, that is the substance by which you base your authority. Not because, listen carefully, not because a preacher said it. Not because uh, uh, the crowds go along with it. It ain't got nothing to do with that. God and one person that stands upon God's word is the majority as far as God is concerned. You don't have to have a majority outside of what God said. And God is looking for people that will, his people that will stand up to the onslaught of these lies that even have penetrated into the belief system of his people. I told you I was going to read some scripture. Go into the book of James chapter number three. We're going to read this out of the amplified for time's sake because it needs to be amplified. And I'm going to see how far and go, okay? Pastor Ronnie, you're always saying that. All right, chapter 3 and verse number 13, we'll start. Listen to this. Who among you is wise and intelligent? Now, we all think we're intelligent. Let him by his good conduct show his good deeds with gentleness and humility, listen carefully, of true wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be arrogant. And as a result, be in defiance of the truth. Wow, isn't that what's happening in our streets? Did you know that God's people have participated in such nonsense? This superficial wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, secular, natural, unspiritual, even demonic. Even demonic. But the wisdom from above is first pure, morally and spiritually undefiled. Then peace-loving, courteous, considerate, gentle, reasonable, and willing to listen. There's people that are operating in the streets today are not willing to reason or listen. And the devil loves that. The devil loves that. Let me get back to where. Uh, unwilling to listen. I mean, reasonable and willing to listen. Full of compassion and good fruits. The wisdom that's from God is unwavering without self-righteous hypocrisy. And self-serving guilt. And the seed which 
fruit, whose fruit is righteousness. Now get that. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness, spiritual maturity, is sown in peace by those who make peace by actively encouraging goodwill between individuals. Wow. Going to chapter 4, verse 1. What leads to this unending quarrels and conflicts among you? Do they not come from your hideousness? I'm going to say it that way. I can't pronounce the word, so... Uh, desires, you know that fallen human natures had hideous desires, hideous, that wage war in your bodily members fighting for the control over you. They're fighting for the control over you. Isn't that what's going on? Fighting for the control over human beings? Okay. You are jealous and covet you jealous you are jealous and a covet what others have and you lust your lust goes unfilled so you murder folks and that happened in the last 18 months on our streets in America and let me tell you some churches defend that did you hear me I want to make something very clear. The opposite of law is not grace. The opposite of law is lawlessness. This is what he says. You ask God for something and do not receive it. Let me back up here. You're envious and cannot obtain the object. Uh, let's go back up here to verse 2 again. You're jealous and covet what others have. You lust uh, goes unfulfilled, so you murder. You're envious and cannot obtain the object of your envy, so you fight and you battle. You do not have because you do not ask it of God. You ask... God for something and do not receive it because you ask with wrong motives, out of selfishness and with an unrighteous agenda. So that when you get what you want, you may spend it on your own hideous, and that's, I'm using that because I can say the word better, <laughs> desires. Your adulterous, disloyal, your adulterous, disloyal sinners flirting. Now here's where I want to go with this. Flirting with the world. Breaking your own vow to God. Do you not know that being the world's friend, that is, loving the things of the world, is being God's enemy? So whatever, you, whatever, so whatever chooses to be a friend, or excuse me, whosoever chooses to be a friend of the world, makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says to no purpose that the human spirit which he has made to dwell in us lust with envy? Does he give us, but he gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin? 
and live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for salvation. Now we're getting somewhere. Therefore, God says, God is opposed to the proud and haughty, but continually gives the gift of grace to the humble who turn away from self-righteousness. Now watch this. So submit to the authority of God. 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 Resist the devil. Stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Come close to God with a contrite heart, and he, he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinner, and purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. Now, the church cannot be double-minded here. We cannot have it both ways. You know, I was talking to the men yesterday, and I want to say this to you. Fellowship means an association. It means partnership, really. And Monday through Friday, when you go to work with fellow workers, the people that you're working with, you are, in a sense, in fellowship with them. You're working on the same project, working for the same company. You're in fellowship. You're an associate with them to achieve what the company wants achieved. Now, here's the problem. We spend Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's supposing you're working a 40-hour week, five days a week. So you spent 40 hours in association with someone who may not even acknowledge God. Now, listen very carefully. Y'all still going to love Jesus. Say, Pastor Ronnie, I'm going to love Jesus no matter what you say. You're supposed to say that out loud. Say, Pastor Ronnie, I'm going to love Jesus no matter what you say. Here's the big challenge. You have fellowshiped for 40 hours in a week with someone that may not even acknowledge God and you did it for filthy lucre. You did it for money. Y'all still love Jesus? Y'all said y'all gonna love Jesus. Now, do not think that I am telling you to quit your job. That's not what I'm talking about. If you, get that, if you get that, then you definitely have missed the boat. And we're going to stay docked until you can get on it. Here's my point. We go to church, or we view by live stream, for maybe an hour and a half on Sunday, and expect that to be the fellowship of the Spirit. How many of you going to eat Once a week. You sure don't look like it. You cannot eat once a week and still be strong. Here's the point. The body of Christ comes into a building. We call that church. 
and we listen to a preacher. preacher a preacher spit at you for a little while, and you can't even tell what he said when you left. You hadn't even make a note. Hello, y'all, I, I told you I was going to challenge you. You haven't made any note. You haven't come. Listen, people, got, you know, I've had some people tell me, when you get up there, don't, don't put a pen in your pocket. Are you kidding me? I learned this years ago from, from uh, Dr. Willis, who's passed on to be with Jesus. And he taught one, taught one of the most profound services, profound teachings in this church. If you expect the Holy Spirit to talk to you, you better have a pen and paper ready for him to talk to you. You better show him the reverence that you expect him to talk to you. For years I've seen people come into this church and say they want to hear from God. But then when God does speak, they cannot tell you two days later if he said anything. But I know God was there. Are you following me? Yes, I'm coming down hard because these are, these are tough times, my friend. Yes. Amen. And you'll be easily deceived and sidetracked, being bombarded with the world's information, and then you walk in world's wisdom and you want to know why it turns out that way. Because God is saying to the body of Christ, who are you going to reverence? Right. We have prophetic words that come out. And all we're interested is in how we feel at the moment. And you cannot recall whatsoever what the Holy Spirit even said. You're caught up with the emotional side of it. When God speaks, he's speaking it to bring it to pass. He is not speaking it to give you a little shandai. He's speaking to you to take him seriously. Amen. This is the word of the Lord to you. Yes, it is. Amen. Pastor Ronnie, you act like you're mad at me. No, I'm trying to help you understand. You're going to be a can that has no substance? That's what it's boiled down to. Are you going to be a wall, a piece of sheetrock that hides a... a, a uh, uh, a, a, a rotten two by four and call that spirituality? Are you kidding me? When the devil comes, he huffs and buffs and puffs and he'll blow that house down. We're living in the times where the devil is running rampant and he, he, he's going to get away with it if the body of Christ doesn't wake up and have some substance to it. When you pray, there ought to be fire come down from heaven. But instead, we've got to pray these little, now I lay me down to sleep type prayers. Many people, when you talk about intercession, don't even know what intercession is. Blame that on God, because I had no intention saying any of that. And I'm not leaving you out that are viewing by live stream. You say, Pastor Ronnie, you act like you're a drill sergeant. I've said this for years. I may be your drill sergeant. But I'm interested in what happens to you during the week. You can fall on the floor when somebody lays hands on you here. 
But when you get up off the floor, do you have a substance in you to be able to make you stand against the wiles of the devil? You see, there's where we're at. The devil is not interested in disturbing your emotions. He's afraid the church is going to wake up to its spirituality. See, when God says something, he means it. The devil, and this whole battle is for playing for keeps. Did you know that the homosexual society has already, they've got it, it's, it's, on, it's, it's on social media. They got a song telling the American society, we're coming for your kids. We're coming for your kids. We're telling you right out, we're going to get your kids. That's a demon. And the church hasn't learned how and gotten equipped to deal with that demon. I'm not just talking about that. There's other things. There's demons that are running rampant in this time period. And that's exactly what the devil wants. He's created this state of confusion. And the body of Christ doesn't need to be confused. When there's a battle going on, you better know who the enemy is instead of trying to kill the person sitting beside you that's supposed to be fighting with you. You see, and we're over here arguing about the style of music that's being played in the church instead of the content of what the music says. I heard some people arguing about, arguing about nonsense. Well, you know, Brother Ronnie, what do you think about once saved, always saved? I never intend to become unsaved. You understand what I'm saying? Well, once a person prays that prayer, don't you believe they get saved and they're, they're destined for heaven? Uh, do you believe that they're, they're going to be saved for, you know, no matter what they do? Well, I ain't trying to undo my salvation. If you're looking to try to get by with sinning, then you need to really get saved. See, we're arguing about stuff like that. The devil has had an onslaught and is taking uh, and, 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 and getting a stronghold over something that the church is supposed to have possession of. All I'm saying, it, it, to, to help you understand, I, I, God is equipping you that you got to take these moments seriously. Because we are in a battle not only for a nation. We're in a battle for your life and the life of your children and your family. And we cannot afford to play the church games of the past. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you warning right now. They're going to try to shut us down 
again. That is coming. That's coming. And it has to do with, number one, the church being silent. Number two, to put a quietus on the economics of this nation. That's what is in control right now. But the church has authority over it. But you got to know how to use it. Why would we, why would God, buddy, buddy Bill came here for years and made this statement. People just blew it all off. People blew it all off. How do I know? Because the people that heard him when he first said it ain't here no more. God is not looking for an audience. He's looking for an army. The battle for the souls of people are at hand. It's your, it, 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 and it, it affects you. It affects your children. It affects your grandchildren. It affects everybody. And you're not going to escape this. You can say, well, Brother Ronnie, I don't want to go to a church where they always talk about... If you're thinking I'm talking about politics, you are really, really, really superficial. This is not about that. The devil's using that as a a tool, but we've got something that's superior to it. The prayer of faith, according to the Bible, has the authority of the believer, and that gives us the authority of God, and we can take the devil down to his knees. But you're going to have to understand what this is all about. So when we do gather, yeah, because of time, time elements, time constraints, I don't have time to pet you on the back. I don't have time for that. Because every soul counts before God. And, I, I, and I'm not, this, I really, I'm serious. I'm not mad at anybody. But I am saying some things that are by the Spirit of God that has been stirring and stirring. Listen, what I'm saying to you now stirred in me decades ago. And God's just now letting me say anything about it. Where are the intercessors? Where are those that pray with authority? And God has said, I'm mounting up an army. Are you going to enlist? Or are you, are you going to wait to be drafted? And if you're going to wait on being drafted, I got news for you. God doesn't draft. He sends out a call, and you have to yield to it. If he did send out a draft, I'm concerned there'd be many draft dodgers. Where are the intercessors? The devil does not have control unless the church gives it to him. 
okay? Now, here's what I want. I'm going to wind up with this for time's sake. Some of y'all were praying that time would pass by quick. And you feel the spirit of the moving of God, the conviction, I'm going to say it, of the Holy Spirit to be an intercessor. If intercession has to be number one. It's not, prayer is not the last thing we do. It's the first thing we do. Are you following that? And you got to learn how to pray. Jesus had to teach his disciples to pray. You got to learn how to pray. Prayer has to be the first thing because if we don't pray, we won't glorify God. We'll take a good idea and try to make it a God idea. You understand what I just said? There's two different things here. Good ideas. Good ideas, some succeed, some fail, you know. But a God idea does not fail. Do you follow me? So prayer has to be number one. It can't be number two. It's not the last thing we do because we've tried everything else. Prayer has to be number one. And if we don't pray first, we won't glorify God. And if we don't glorify God, we don't really succeed in life. We're a failure. And if you don't think that there's been groups of people in church history that have failed you haven't studied the Bible okay there is no reason for us to fail except us not discerning these moments if you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit to be part of the prayer team of this church and when I'm talking about praying you got to be available you understand what I'm saying? I'm not talking about convenient prayer. Are you following me? You won't be part of this prayer team because we form teams here. I want you to get out of your seat and come down here in the front right now. Glory to God. Now, understand God's calling everybody to prayer. But I'm talking about a specific prayer team. This has to be the strongest team of this church. It cannot be a weak link. This is what makes everything else work. If we don't get this right, we don't get nothing right. And a lot of churches built off of Fans. Okay? I ain't interested in that no more. I'm interested in Gideon's 300. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to keep after it until I get 300 prayer warriors. I'm interested in 300. You that are viewing by live stream. I don't want to leave you out. You can pray. And prayer knows no distance. 300 prayer warriors can whoop the devil. Ask Gideon. 
Okay? And here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you this little book. It's talking about praying for the government. But it's, it really goes into intercession. It's really more about that. And it's by Derek Prince. It'll give you some insight. You have to be in training for reigning. Not that you haven't had a sense or you wouldn't have even come up here. But this is going to take deeper than anything we've ever known in any other generation. I want you to take this booklet and I want you to read it. This is your handbook. I want you to study it. I want you to read it. Okay? And if there's any sticks in here, you eat the hay, spit out the sticks, like Brother Hagen used to say. But this is pretty solid right here. And I want you to get ready because we're going to put you on a communication list. And when I say, okay, I need prayer warriors, we're going to send it out. And you've got to dedicate yourself to pray. And when I say pray, here again, I'm not talking about baby type stuff. I'm talking about using authority. That's why I want you to read this book because it shows you how to step into your authority. Trey's going to give that to you at the close. And you want to give him your information on how to be contacted. We're going to set it up mainly through text. And here's why. I can get it out to you quickly. Okay? And we've got a whole system set up just for that. All right? Now, Father, I thank you right now. I thank you for those that have stepped forward, the conviction of the Holy Spirit you're calling out. Lord, we thank you right now that there are prayer warriors, prayer teams forming all across this nation and even around the world. Your church is beginning to discern the times. They're beginning to wake up to the reality. Glory to God. That anything less than you won't work. And Lord, you're, you're... Glory to God. You're sending a special anointing for this generation. And a special anointing for intercessors during this season. They've always been special to you. But Lord, you've reserved this special anointing for this time. And it is an anointing, Father God, that will remove this burden and destroy this yoke so that the renovations of your spirit would be fulfilled, bringing the church back to its original intent. The fan base church is being removed. And the church that's an army in these last days is replacing it. And Lord, you've called these that are up here and those that are viewing by live stream. There's a tugging on someone right now. 
more than one. There's a moving, a drawing by the Spirit of God to get you enlisted for such a time as this. This is your purpose and this is your call. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And don't you let the devil make you think this is insignificant because nobody may see it at the moment. This is the preeminence and the priority of God right now. In the name of Jesus. We're going to move the spirit world. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you right now for the fire of your spirit to be baptizing people by the hundreds of thousands. In the name of Jesus, glory be to God. Where there's a stirring and no longer a complacency of going back to pre-pandemic times. This is not business as usual. This is the end of the age. In the name of Jesus, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Oh, you mighty men and women of valor. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. It will be won or lost with the knee of intercession. Glory be to God. Father, we thank you right now in the mighty name of the Lord. Glory be to God that this prayer team will be a team that's unbeatable. No demon forces of hell can stop it. They'll discern and they'll be in spiritual shape to stand in the gap and to make up the hedge until the breakthrough is manifested. Glory be to God. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Father, I thank you right now. I thank you, Lord, for what you're wanting to do with this church, Omega Church, and what you're dealing, Father God, right now by, by drawing these people to yield to your calling. Father, I thank you right now. Glory be to God. There's something stirring on the inside of them, giving them confirmation of this moment. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You, right now, I want you to yield to the Holy Spirit. Don't you worry about the time clock right now. Yield to the Holy Spirit. We got to do something right now about this lie of the COVID. Right now, in the name of Jesus, this devil that is, that is making us, trying to make it be pushed on our society, on this generation. God didn't send it. It's a lie of the devil. In the, the name of Jesus, 
COVID, you must bow your knee. In the name of Jesus, bow your knee. No more shut down. No more in the name of Jesus. No more uh, silencing the body of Christ. No more in the name of Jesus. And every lie that has been used for political purposes will be brought into the open about this issue in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speak a protective hedge over this generation. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we speak a protective hedge over the body of Christ. In the name of Jesus, we drive out every symptom and every lie of those symptoms in the name of Jesus. We command you to leave the body of Christ. We have been redeemed from sickness and disease. And that means you, COVID devil. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Lord, we thank you for a miraculous recovery to the body of Christ. We have a protective hedge over you. In the name of Jesus. 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 Right now, right now, don't you give in. Right now, the devil's going to make you think about lunch. Don't you give in to him. We're, 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 right now, right now, God wants to do something in the spirit realm. In the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, God. Yes, we. We don't. Right now. In the name of Jesus, we recognize, devil, and we want you to know we recognize that it's not by our might, 
It's not by our power, but it's by the Spirit of the living God. And what God has said is the truth. And your lives will bow to the name of Jesus. Your lives will bow to the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. God In Jesus' name. And listen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Listen. You gotta know who you are. You've got to know what the Word of God says. This is, that's what I'm saying. None of this is for the faint in heart. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus, you've got to know what the Word says. To be, listen carefully. That's why we said to be spirit-led, you have to be Word-fed. If you don't know what the Word of God says about these issues, the devil can mislead you. But, but right now is the time for you to know who you are in Christ and what the Word of God says. Because there's going to come a time, listen carefully, Whereby you may be, you may not be in this auditorium. You may be by yourself somewhere. And if you are, God, listen, God is no different. His word hasn't changed because you find yourself somewhere by yourself. God's word is still the same. 
and you still had to put your foot down on the word of God and learn how to resist the devil. But you can't resist the devil until you've submitted to God. Glory to God. Many of you are facing very many difficult things and many challenges. But I got news for you. God's making you an overcomer. He says you are one. And an overcomer can't be an overcomer unless an overcomer has something to overcome. Glory be to God. Now, Father, I thank you right now. We give you the praise. We give you the honor and the glory. Thank you for the privilege of having your spirit live within our spirit. Now, Lord, as we leave our time here, we thank you, Lord Jesus, you're not leaving us. You're going with us. And, Lord, we thank you right now that your grace surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go, and we hear your voice and the voice of another we will not follow. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. You've given us the authority of the name of Jesus to use, which we invoke at this moment, and we declare... There'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Lord, as we leave this place, so fill us with your love. That everywhere we go, your love just oozes out of us and touches the people we come in contact with. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for what you're doing. And thank you for inviting us to be part of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Make sure, make sure right now. Before you leave, you that are up here, you get with Trey, give him your contact information, and get this little booklet, all right? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God. God's good. Amen. Say, I'm glad I went to Omega Church.